This is the Anatomy on the Go podcast, episode five. Hey there, and welcome to episode five. This is Seth Jump, your professor for Anatomy on the Go. You can find me online at anatomyonthego.com. While you're there, I would encourage you to grab my free ebook, Preparing to Ace Anatomy. Inside, I've got some strategies, some hints, some tips, some tactics to help you crush your anatomy goals. Also, uh, know that in season one of the podcast, what we're doing is we're talking about the basics of the human anatomy systems. So in episode three, I talked about the skeletal system. And in episode four, we talked about the muscular system, including things like, or concepts like origin and insertion. And you learn the action and location of various muscles in the body. So this is episode five, where we'll talk about the cardiovascular, a.k.a. the circulatory system, and we'll dive into that content here in just a moment. So before I dive into the flow of blood and tracing a drop of blood through the different valves and chambers of the heart, I wanted to just give you some fun facts. So we have this thing uh, called vasomotor control, and we have another thing in the cardiovascular system called angiogenesis. Let's first start with vasomotor control. So in response to various conditions, we, have, we can control the size, the dimension of blood vessels. So making a vessel smaller is actually called vasoconstriction. Making a vessel larger is called vasodilation. So let's just say you eat a big meal, bunch of potatoes, bunch of fruit and vegetables, and, and consequently you have a whole bunch of stuff in your digestive system. In response to that, what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna vasoconstrict, make smaller, the blood vessels going to our muscles, and we're gonna vasodilate uh, the vessels going to our GI tract. That makes sense, right? We need to handle all that stuff that we've given to our digestive system. The opposite occurs when we start to exercise, for example, assuming we don't have a full GI tract. We'll actually vasodilate to the muscles of our body because they need more blood flow when we, when we start to exercise or do activity, and then we'll vasoconstrict to our GI tract. The other interesting thing or fun fact about the cardiovascular system is this thing called angiogenesis. In response to exercise, we can actually sprout or make more blood vessels to facilitate or bring more blood flow to the muscles. It's fascinating and there's all kinds of different molecular participants in this process. But here's something that's kind of interesting. If we could figure out how angiogenesis is stimulated more and more, how we can, what are all the mechanisms associated with this, then we can potentially affect diseases in a beneficial way. For example, cancer is really hungry for blood flow. And so if we can figure out which things turn on angiogenesis, then we can also figure out how to turn those same things off and basically starve cancer cells, get, take away the blood flow uh, that goes to them. So thought I'd make this relevant for you in terms of disease, health, exercise, etc. So let's dive back into the anatomy and trace a drop of blood. So the cardiovascular system is such a workhorse system for us. The heart itself on a daily basis beats about 100,000 times every single day without us even thinking about it or, or really th having a conscious control over it. Uh, blood is pumped through the blood vessels of our body which uh, consists of about 60,000 miles of blood vessels, taking blood which has blood cells, oxygen, nutrients, whatever all the cells, tissues, and organs in our body needs. It's fascinating and it's such a workhorse. So, 
So here's what we have in the cardiovascular system. We have the heart itself, which consists of various chambers, valves, and major uh, vessels entering and leaving the heart. And then we have the blood vessels, which consists of uh, arteries and veins. And then within the blood um, that is pumped through the vessels via the heart, of course, we have various cells, including red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, and all kinds of other cellular components that come from marrow or elsewhere in the body. And so we're basically taking things to the cells and tissues that need it, and then we bring things back from, away from the tissues that we no longer need, and we get rid of them. So let's actually first start with the heart itself, and let's break down the anatomy of the heart. So the heart itself and blood flow through the heart can be a little bit tricky, and I'll just try to break it down into smaller chunks for you. And of course, feel free to ask follow-up questions in response to this podcast. But the heart is a strongly muscular organ, and it has uh, two upper chambers, which are superior chambers, and two lower chambers, which are inferior chambers. We have a, uh, the atria, so we have a right atrium, and we have a left atrium. These are the upper chambers. They're smoother they have smoother walls, and they do uh, pump or contract, but they're primarily receiving chambers. Then we have right ventricle and left ventricle. Uh, the walls of these chambers are thicker. They pump more compared to the atria. And so what is the purpose of these? Um, the right atrium receives blood from the entire body through three inputs, and those, are, those inputs are superior vena cava, inferior vena cava, and then coronary sinus. So superior vena cava returns blood back from above the heart. Inferior vena cava returns blood back from below the heart. These are basically just big veins. And then lastly, coronary sinus returns blood back to the right atrium as well uh, from the heart itself after the coronary arteries take blood to the heart to give the heart the oxygen that it needs. So then the uh, left atrium actually receives blood back from the lungs. After we take blood, uh, to the lungs to get oxygen, it returns ultimately back to the left atrium. The right ventricle, its purpose is actually to pump blood to the lungs uh, through a pulmonary artery, pulmonary arteries on either side. And then lastly, uh, the left ventricle, its purpose is to pump blood to the entire body. And ultimately that blood leaves through the aorta and, and then the aorta has a whole bunch of branches Ultimately, the whole purpose is to carry blood to the entire body, upper limb, head and neck, lower limb, thoracic cavity, abdominal cavity. So then we actually have valves in between these chambers. So between the right atrium and the right ventricle, we have a valve called the tricuspid valve. The purpose of these valves is basically to ensure that blood flows only one direction. So uh, on the right side of the heart, only between the right atrium and the right ventricle. So then if blood tries to go backward, the valve actually is designed to shut. So blood can't go backward from the right ventricle uh, to the right atrium. The valve between the right ventricle and the pulmonary artery, uh, pulmonary trunk, is, is called the pulmonary semilunar valve or, or sometimes just pulmonic valve. Then on the left side of the heart, we have, valve, have a valve between the left atrium and the left ventricle. That is called the bicuspid valve, and we often refer to this as the mitral valve. Then between the left ventricle and the um, aorta, we have another valve called the aortic semilunar valve, sometimes just referred to as the aortic valve. So those are the chambers and the valves, and let's talk a little bit about the, the vessels here. So the purpose of the arteries is to carry away from the heart through the blood 
what the cells and tissues need. So arteries away, you could remember the correspondence of the letter A there. And then ultimately the arteries get smaller and smaller and those are car called arterioles. And there's a decent amount of control we have over the arterioles in terms of their diameter. And so sometimes we want to change the diameter of the vessels uh, if, our, if uh, we need a change in blood pressure or uh, we need to bring blood, um, more blood to a certain area like the muscles, for example, when we start to exercise. So the arterioles uh, are controlling that. Then at the smallest level, we have the capillaries. This is where the exchange takes place between the blood and the tissues uh, via simple diffusion, so of oxygen, nutrients, whatever the cells and tissues need. Then on the other side of that, we have venules and veins. Venules are smaller veins, and then we have veins. Basically, their purpose is to carry blood back to the heart itself. Now, bear in mind, uh, the veins have valves, and the purpose of the valves is to prevent blood from going backward, back down into the lower extremities, into the feet, ankles, etc. Of course, we have this thing called gravity, and so uh, we're standing up for a long period of time. Blood's just going to naturally go down into the lower extremities, and so these valves are actually pushed on by our muscles, and it helps to facilitate pushing the blood back to uh, to the heart. And if it tries to go backward, back down into the lower extremities, the, the valves close and prevent that backflow there. So again, arteries away, uh, veins back to the heart. We have the exchange taking place at the capillary level. Smaller arteries are called arterioles, and then uh, smaller veins are called venules. So let's go ahead and, and go back to the heart, and let's trace a drop of blood. Uh, say, for example, coming from uh, our lower extremity, and we'll talk about which chambers it'll go through, which valves it'll go through, and kind of tie this all together for you. All right, so let's just say you go to the gym or you... Uh, uh, you do some squats or you climb some stairs or you're just walking down the street and you're using your quadriceps muscles. So ultimately, uh, our, our muscles have used the blood and now we're going to return it back to the heart and begin this whole recycling process. So through the, the smaller venules and ultimately the veins and some branches, we're ultimately going to carry blood into this thing called the inferior vena cava, which is a massive vein that's going to carry blood back to the right atrium. Uh, the other inputs there, remember, are the superior vena cava above the heart and then also the coronary sinus. So that drop of blood is going to be in the right atrium. It's going to pass through the tricuspid valve to go into the right ventricle. Then through the right ventricle, after it pumps, uh, blood is passed through the uh, pulmonary semilunar valve into the pulmonary trunk. And then let's just say we're going to go to the, to the right lung, so we're going to go to the right pulmonary artery. Then there's going to be an exchange that takes place at the alveoli within the lung itself, and I'll talk about that uh, more in episode 6, the next episode. Then we take blood back to the heart through the pulmonary veins, the right pulmonary veins, into the uh, left atrium. That drop of blood, the blood's going to pass through the bicuspid valve, also known as the mitral valve, and now it's in the left ventricle. Then we're going to pump the left ventricle and it's going to pass through the aortic semilunar valve into the aorta. And then that's going to curl around back behind the heart. It's going to become the thoracic aorta. Same tube, same vessel, but just different name. And then we're going to pass through the diaphragm muscle and then we're in the uh, abdominal cavity at the abdominal aorta. And let's just say we're going to go to the liver, that drop of blood. So we're going to have some branches hepatic branches that carry blood into the depths of the liver. So, of course, today's podcast is just a start. We could add all kinds of branches to talk about 
the, the blood supply to the different organs of the abdominal cavity, the thoracic cavity, the limbs themselves, both upper and lower limb. Um, so we'll get to that as well, but today is a first uh, exposure to the cardiovascular system, circulatory system. I've given you a sense of the different structures within the heart, uh, how blood actually travels through the heart, through the valves, through the different chambers. And this is an example, too, of, of how you can use a pathway to your advantage. You can actually create a mnemonic device for the different structures within a pathway. You could do this for the different vessels in the upper limb, for example. You could talk about the subclavian uh, becoming the axillary, becoming the brachial, and then having branches of radial and ulnar. You could come up with a mnemonic device for that. Same thing for the lower limb. You could also use a mnemonic device, a pathway device, when we talk about the structures in the uh, GI tract. So if you go to Tim Hortons and get some Timbits, you're actually going to take the Timbits into your mouth and then ultimately into your throat and then the esophagus, stomach. Uh, you're going to pass the sphincter there, of course, the cardiac sphincter. So we could all add all kinds of structures for that as well. This is an example of just of a pathway. So mnemonic devices come in handy for a pathway.